of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Well, for you to be able to answer those two questions honestly, and if you do not have the Holy Ghost, then you want to express to God that you want the Holy Ghost. And God's moving in your life through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You want to keep what He gives to you. Whether you have had what we call in the Scripture teaches a blessing for with stammering lips and then beyond that another tongue will He speak to this people. Another language in other words. But if, it's, if you only get as far as the stammering tongue, if you don't quite press your way into the kingdom of God at that particular moment, yet you have experienced the touch of His hand. You have experienced uh, that which heaven is offering to the point that you allowed God to work in your life. Many people have gotten a touch from God. Many people have gotten a blessing from the Lord. Even Jesus in that day, in that moment, as it's recorded in John's account of the gospel, chapter 20, the Bible teaches in those last minute instructions before he ascended up on high that he breathed upon above 500 people and he gave to them these words of instruction to go and to receive the Holy Ghost. But he breathed upon them. He gave them a blessing. He gave them an encouragement to go further, to press onward and toward what he had for them. And in, as he went along with that in subject matter, he told them to go and tarry for the promise of the Spirit. Sent them to the upper room of the church house in Jerusalem. Gave them specific instructions and a specific location, even a specific distance. It was a Sabbath day's journey. It was about a half a mile down the road. And it wasn't much further to go to get the Holy Ghost. It, you're not far, as Jesus said, from the kingdom of God. You're not far from receiving the true genuine gift of the Holy Ghost. You just need to press in and get the kingdom of God in your heart and in your life. Don't give up now. Don't drink back now. Don't be talked out of it now. Don't let anything take this away from you don't allow that to happen you need to fight the good fight of faith you need to press toward the mark for the prize and the Holy Ghost is the ultimate prize everybody said hallelujah you may be seated the Lord bless you your Bible teaches that uh, Jesus taught this to the people you know a parable is not to be defined by English literature definitions. A Bible parable is an illustration of truth. It's not some little something you just use to try to get a moral across to somebody. And I'm not saying that a biblical parable doesn't get a moral across to you. It gets more than that. It gets a spiritual truth across to you. And it's important that you realize there's greater depth to the things that Jesus said. When somebody said when, uh, when Jesus... Uh, told about the man that lift up his eyes in hell that that was just a parable like it's just a fairy tale or something but you see that's not what the Bible teaches and that's not how the church looks on when Jesus said there was a certain man then he doesn't lie there was a certain man who lifted up his eyes in hell being in torment and started begging for just one little finger to be dipped in water and touch the end of his parched tongue for I am in torment here that's something very real and that you might want to focus on a little bit and make real make sure that you understand that it's not a fairy tale and it's not a joke and it's not a fable it's not any of these English literature things but that it is a Bible truth it is a reality and he, when he talked to you about heaven he meant what he said and I'd like to hear the things about heaven I'd like to be caught up to heaven I'd like to hear things that are not lawful to be uttered as the apostle Paul did can you imagine they stoned him for the truth they jumped all over him they threw rocks on him and left him for dead but Jesus my keeper took him to the third heaven and let him hear things that were not lawful to hear that could not be uttered amen much rather talk about the man being brought up to heaven the third heaven at that and talk about the man that was in hell much rather want everybody to go to heaven everybody said praise the Lord so Jesus telling in his teaching he told about uh, 
how that a person would hear the word of God and they would believe. They would believe. Okay? And, uh, you know, a simple instruction. Um, take out the garbage now. If you believe mom or dad when they say that, then you get up and you go take the garbage out now. And everybody said amen. Get up, it's time for school. One man said that uh, his mother would call him, and he'd roll over. She'd call him, and he'd roll the other way, and she'd call him, and he'd pull the pillow down. She'd call him, and he'd tuck the, the sheet up over his head. And then finally she'd say, get up now! Time to go to school! He said, if she'd have called me the first time, like she called me the last time, he said, I'd get up the first time. Well, I want you to hear Jesus calling you very loudly and very firmly. He's calling you out of darkness. He's calling you out of sin. He's calling you out of every kind of the clutches of the enemy that wants to destroy you. And the Bible said that people would hear the word of God and they would believe for a while. They'd, they'd start believing what the preacher saying, what the witnesses are saying, what people are saying to them and witnessing to them of their testimonies and, and how they came out of darkness and how good God is and, and how it's, uh, the Bible teaches to repent of your sins and the Bible teaches for you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of those sins and how that the Bible teaches that you are to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, you, you begin to believe that. You begin to make steps towards that. But the Bible said that that seed, that word of God, that certified seed, that precious, precious seed. I one time was asked to um, send some seed by my pastor out to where he was living in Louisiana. And so I went to a trusted man here in town that knew a lot about farming and everything. And I, I said, I need some uh, seed for growing corn. And I, I want to buy this. And so I bought the, the bag of, of seed. And uh, it was a big old bag and it was pretty heavy and and uh, I got it sent out to my pastor, and uh, they, he had a family of farmers for many, many generations. And they, he called me not too long after that, and he said, you know that seed you sent me? I said, yeah. He said, what's that stuff called? And I said, well, I asked, and they said, it's called Silver Queen. And he said, man, he said, that stuff is really good. Well, let me tell you something. The Word of God is really good. The Word of God is certified seed. It's not maybe it's good. It's certified to be good. It's certified by heaven. It's forever settled in heaven. The Word of God, it's going to do what it promised to do. And I'm trying to tell you this word of God was left to lay on top of the soil of a heart just left there and you know what happened the buzzards of hell came and stole it and that's what the devil does don't let him steal the word of God from you don't let him steal the promises of God from you don't let him dive bomb your heart and begin to take the goodness of God the promise of God. You keep what the keeper has given to you. You guard and you protect this great word of God. You don't take it lightly. You don't, you don't take it like it's, uh, what did it say about them, they, the, the children of Israel, that they lightly esteemed the God of their salvation? They didn't properly hold him in high esteem. They, they didn't hold up. He is the word of God. And they didn't hold him up. They didn't, they didn't tell the devil like Abraham did that time when he did the sacrifice that God told him to do. And then what happened? The buzzards of hell came to get it. And he stayed up and got his coat off. And all night long, he waved that coat at that sacrifice to keep the buzzards off of it. You've got to tell yourself, this is my seed. This is my word. This is what God has given to me. You've got to take it personal. You've got to take it as it is and it's valuable and it's important and you, if you're going to have the right crop, if you're going to bear the fruit, then you've got to get the seed down deep in your heart and not let the devil get it. You've got to put it where he can't get it. You've got to hide it. The writer said, hide it in your heart. Receive the engrafted word. Another place talked about being knit. Use the word knit. Better get your knitting needles out and start knitting, embroidering. Start to get this to be a part of you where it can't so easily be taken out of your life, be stolen out of your life with every little 
bird that comes along, every little false doctrine that comes along, every little criticism that comes along, every little pressure that comes from somebody, you better stand up and square your shoulders and say, ah, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's my seed. That's my word of God. That's my promise. God's given this to me. Little old me. He's pulling me out of darkness. You can't have. You can't have. I knew somebody came one time and the individual said he had two big things of candy. Look like you hide it. Two big things of candy, one in each hand. Oh, maybe that was Angie. I may have got them mixed up. But, uh, of course, if it was Angie, it would have been over here. That's where that would have been. But uh, two big things of candy. And he looked at some of us. He said, I got one that I'll share. And he said, he got one I ain't sharing. You better make, make sure you, you let the enemy know and let people know and let yourself know that this I'm not letting go of. You know, I'll just go so far. I'll witness to you. I'll talk to you. I'll pray for you. But I'm not going into darkness here. I'm not going to lose what God's given to me. I'm not going to be foolish. He that winneth souls is wise. You, you can lose everything because you're claiming, I'm trying to win somebody. No, you're not. It's the lust of your flesh that is pushing you in the wrong direction. And you're not letting the Holy Ghost lead you. The Spirit of God lead you. You're letting your human spirit lead you. And it's the wrong attitude. And the enemy will do anything to steal your seed. Anything to steal what you're supposed to guard and what you're supposed to keep. And everybody said amen. No, you better sit down because I ain't done. <laughs> the Bible teaches that you're to hide this word in your heart, that you might not sin, okay, that you might not sin. Somebody and it actually said that you might not sin against God. And, you know, somebody called me, a preacher called me, uh, the other day and asked me to explain uh, Hebrews 6 where it said for it's impossible to renew them again unto repentance that they crucify the Lord afresh want to know what that meant let me tell you something you don't want you want the word of God in your heart and you want to keep it that you don't sin against God and that you don't crucify the Lord of glory afresh that you don't trod under your feet the blood of the covenant that the Son of God gave for you on the cross. You don't want to step on that. You don't want to tread on that. If Moses was told, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground, how much more so when we're talking about the blood getting underfoot? We don't want to trod all over this. We want to, to walk very circumspectly, the Bible said. You want to you walk carefully. You want to do some thinking. You want to do some meditation. You want to do some praying. You want, to, you want to stop and pause here. You know, we always say, think twice before you speak once. Well, in this case, you better definitely do some thinking before you do some acting, before you get involved with certain things. You might want to slow down a little bit and, and, and start thinking circumspectly or start thinking wisely, prudently, good sound judgment before you get involved with certain things. And everybody said amen. Let me tell you, the devil will use anybody and he will use anything to get you, especially when you are being given eternal life. You are being given the truth. It is coming your way. He's putting the, the keeper has stood up and said, I will keep you. I will bless you. I will protect you. I will give you everlasting life. I'll give you a blessing here in this life a hundredfold. And in the world to come, I'll give you life eternal. I will absolutely bless you both here and both there. You better tell yourself that there's a thief that would like to steal the treasure that God's trying to give to you. And it is a treasure. The Bible said we have this treasure in an earthen vessel and the devil don't want it to get in there he can't get it out unless you give it to him he doesn't have that kind of power greater is he that's within us than he that is within the world and everybody said amen you must put forth an effort you must get a hold of yourself you need to take a good look at just what all God is trying to give to me. I've got to keep what the keeper's given to me here. I want him to guard me. I want him to protect me. I want him to protect me when I'm driving on the road. I want him to protect me on my job. I want 
protect me at school. I want them to, uh, to protect me everywhere I go and everything I do. I want them to guard and protect my heart, my mind. You know, I don't want the enemy getting in there. I want them to give me a good, not only a good protection, but part of that protection, I want it to be a filter. I want to filter out those, those thoughts that come flying my way. I, I'm going to be given, if you hang around and you get the truth and you sit down and you get taught and trained and you learn here the different things that the Bible teaches of prayer and Bible uh, studies and, and preaching the Word of God and the songs of Zion and the, the lifestyle, the holy conversation, you begin to learn these things. You begin to do what the Bible said, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You begin to do these things, then you're going to find out that there, there are uh, things that are going to be committed to your trust. It gets committed to faithful people faithful people if you show yourself faithful the Lord is going to commit certain things to you for an example he's going to give you the helmet of salvation he's going to give unto you the breastplate of righteousness on the right and on the left he's going to give to you the sword of the spirit which is the word of God he's going to have you gird about your loins with truth with truth not falsehood but with truth and he's going to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. You're going to be prepared unto every good gospel work. And everybody said, Amen. One thing I purposely left for last this time is the shield of faith because the enemy is going to shoot those poison darts at you, those fiery poison. They're not just going to be on fire. He's going to dip them in poison, and he's going to shoot them. But Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. He said, if they drink any deadly thing, if your system drinks it up, it shall not hurt you. You'll be able to shake off the poison of the enemy, the ill effects of it because you have the word of God because you've kept it. You've kept that word of God. As Pastor Hopper said, that's exactly what Jesus, being an example to all of us, that's exactly what he did. Satan tried three times to get him to say it wrong and to do it wrong, to, to not keep what was in his vessel. You better remember that he had that flesh to deal with. He had that humanity to deal with. In him dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. Now I have, and you have, if you have the Holy Ghost and are baptized in Jesus' name, you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus is the gift. He's the gift giver. In him was the fullness. In him was all power in heaven and earth. And he stood before the enemy and he as that flesh dealing with that spirit that was attacking him in a weakened, fleshly weakened moment but not in a spiritually weakened moment because he was strong in the spirit. Hear me now. And as he spoke up and he said I'm not bowing down to you it is absolutely written thou shalt love and serve the one true God and that's it there is not going to be bowing down to anybody you don't need to bow down to the pressure of people in your family you don't need to bow down to people on the job you don't need to bow down to school people other students you need to raise your heart with your hands to heaven and say I will keep what God has given me everybody said praise the Lord there ain't no dude good looking enough for you to miss eternal life over. You hear me? There ain't no young lady swishing around that's good enough, reward enough for you to give, give it up for her. You keep what the Lord has given to you. You need to value what you got, what the Lord is trying to give you. One man, sit please, one young man, uh, he comes to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit, inherit eternal life? And, and we, we do direct, derive from the Scripture that there was a certain amount of sincerity up to a certain point. You know, you can, you can have levels of things. And uh, his sincerity was enough that he went and asked Jesus, sincerely, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what do you think? He said, you know the, the Scriptures, right? What is this? He said, well, I've kept all those things from when I was a little guy. I was trained and raised. I got that. I got that. Yes, sir. 
And Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus looked at him and Jesus felt a tremendous affection for him. And he began to say to him, he said, well, he said, uh, you're not far from the kingdom of God here. He said, you're so close right now. And he said, uh, tell you what, he said, you go and let go of this and let go of that and let go of the other. Turn those things loose and you come and follow me. And uh, imagine being, you, you would think, now, oh boy, now if, if Jesus had asked me to come, I would come. Would you? Well, he is asking you. I, I'd go give up anything. That's what he's asking you. He's testing your sincerity. He's uh, going to find out just how real you are, just how much you really mean it, or are you just going through the motions? Are you just saying what you know he wants to hear? See, the problem is Jesus knows your heart. <laughs> so you can say it, but your heart can be far from him, and he knows that. He knows what you're thinking. He knows it before you speak it. He knows it, friend. He's looking right smack down to the middle of your heart. And this individual, the Bible said he went away sorrowful. And I'm quite sure he did. He walked away from the gift giver of eternal life. He walked away from the God of all eternity and who was robed in flesh and standing right in front of him who could do anything, any good thing for him, who could forgive all of his sins. Every wrong thought, every wrong act, every wrong action, he could forgive it all. And he could give him happiness beyond words. He could give him happiness that no trinket, no party, no drug, no activity, recreation, or whatever could give. Nothing could compare to what Jesus could give. woman comes to a well and wants to get a, a bucket of water and leave. And I guess it was the first, instead of bottled water, they had bucketed water. And she wanted to bring up a bucket of water, came the same time every day, same well, same place. And everybody knew. Everybody knew her. And uh, Jesus begins to talk to her and begins to cut to the chase and tell her, you know, if you'd talk to me and if you just knew who you were talking to, you'd forget all about that little bucket of water you got that looks so important and so life-giving to you right now. You just think that bucket of water, that's the whole thing. This is the highlight of the day. I'm going to get this bucket of water. Whoopee, I'm going to have water, water, water. And I'm all for water. But I will say that the best thing you can do is wake up to the fact that he is the river of life. He is the one that absolutely is going to give you that water that will be like a well, he said, springing up into eternal life. It's going to be a well inside of you. It's going to be an artesian well. It's going to bubble up. You're going to bubble over with happiness. You're going to bubble over with nourishment. You're going to bubble over with all of the things that are important in a person's life to, their, to them psychologically and physically and spiritually and any emotionally, any other way that you're going to have everything that you could have need of. You talk about life-giving water coming right out of the throne of the Spirit, that it's clean, it's clear, there's no contamination in it whatsoever. There are no tadpoles, there are no frogs, there are no alligators, there are no snakes, there's none of that stuff. This is crystal, there's no spirits in this. It's nothing that's going to hurt you or harm you or attack you when you get this river, when you get this well, when you get this water. Why don't you ask me, woman? Because you're not knowing who I am. But I'm going to tell you who I am. I am the Christ. Now you go tell everybody in the city and bring them back here because I want to give everybody the gift of eternal life. I want you to know. Don't let the enemy steal it. Don't let him talk you out of it. Don't let him bully you out of it. Don't let him push you around. Don't let him use anybody or anything to discourage you and to just out-talk you, out of what you and out-think you out of what you have. You keep the keeper in any situation, anything with family, anything with so-called friends. You be seated. I know you're just dying for me to quit, but I'm just not going to do it right now. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Y'all are just spoiled with my 20-minute sermons, you know. But you got more than you bargained for tonight, evidently. You listen to me when I tell you that the Lord 
is wanting you to understand that, that the enemy is a thief and he wants to steal from you and he'll use anybody or anything he'll use friends and they'll claim their churchiness they'll use their religion they'll use all kinds of arguments and as was said tonight it won't be chapter and verse in most cases and it certainly won't be subject matter with chapter and verse it'll be all mixed in with tradition It'll be all mixed in with what people think and people have been told. But it won't come down to that rock-solid chapter and verse, that good certified seed. It'll just be seed. It'll just be look like. Have you never read where the, the, the Word of God is, is, the, is the seed and the field and the people and it gets sown? And the Bible said that, that uh, while that harvest was growing up, an enemy slept in, crept in. While men were sleeping, the enemy crept in and he began to sow a seed but it wasn't certified seed and it brought up tares tares were lookalikes it looked like corn but it wasn't corn it looked like this but it wasn't that and they want to make it look like it's got religion and that's all it's got it doesn't have salvation it doesn't have the keeper it is not certified it's just a lookalike and said it's going to stay there until the time of harvest and then the angels of God are going to reap it the messengers of God are going to reap it and they're going to separate the wheat from the tear the genuine from the fake the counterfeit everybody said praise the Lord be seated you know many years ago I ain't about to tell you how many years ago. But many years ago, I worked in a bank. And it was a very good job for me at that time. And uh, working in that bank, I, I started at the bottom of the bottom. I wasn't just the bottom rung of the ladder. I was under the ladder and uh, down in the, the hole somewhere. And uh, I had to carry big money bags. In those days, they had bags of $1,000 worth of quarters. $1,000 worth of dimes and $1,000 worth of nickels and $1,000 worth of pennies. And you'd have to load them on a cart from, the, from that particular room where they were kept. And you'd have to take them and distribute them out and do certain things that the bank told you to do for the bank. And that was the bottom. I was just the bottom. I, I believe the janitor made more money than I made. And uh, I was doing my job and tried to do it faithfully. I thank God for the job he had given me. I was freshly filled with the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was very happy, very excited. Went about my job every day. Had to get up very early in the morning. Had to travel and commute down to Miami, downtown, and fight all that traffic to get there. And uh, so anyway, I'd go every day, you know, and, and every day I'd go to the park and I'd witness to people right across the street, Bayfront Park. I'd go witness to people. And I'd come back and I'd do my job and, and I'd go home. And so after a while, you know, you're faithful and you do your job, you get a promotion. And so they promoted me, and I got to training, and I got to be a teller. And when I was on the teller line, I had a man come in one day, and, and uh, he gave me a whole bunch of stacks of, of 20s. And uh, you have to count each one. You have to verify it just because the strap on it or the rubber band on it, and he's telling you that's $1,000 doesn't mean it's $1,000. He could have counted wrong or something like that. So I'm, you know, counting, and of course, you know, when you get to do that job for a while, you get kind of good at that, and uh, if you're not careful, you might get a little bit proud about that. You might want to be the best counter around, you know, and just how fast you can do it. And they taught you little tricks, like you always had to look at the face of the bill to make sure that they were all Abraham when they were the five, and they were all this when they were that, and matching the, the, the number, and uh, I even got to see a $5,000 bill, and I got to see a $10,000 bill from the safe one day. And that was a one-time sh one shot. But um, <clears throat> I remember counting this man's 20s, and uh, I was just counting, 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 through one side, counting, 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 through one side. Da, 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 da. And he said, what? Why would you throw that aside? And I was getting ready to count the next one, and I said, because they're counterfeit. He said, how would you know that? Well, after a while, they have a certain feel to them. You know, you didn't always have to have the light and the line and the, the ink and the x-ray machine and people from the FBI, you know what I mean? And, and, and you just got so used to it that there's a certain texture, there's a certain feel, and they weren't able to counterfeit that. And a good teller and enough experience, you knew. And I'm going to tell you something. I have talked to people about the Bible, talked to them with a, with an, a heart that wanted them 
to have this truth. Wanted them to go to heaven. I had no other ulterior motive. Just want you to make it. Want you to go to heaven. Want you to have the truth of God. And I've seen people that you ask them a question and they're, oh, yeah, I'm saved. Really? You're saved. Okay. So, um, so tell me, um, could you quote me Acts 2.38? What's that? Okay. Counterfeit number one. Throw that one aside. There are certain questions <clears throat> and there are certain answers that would be forthcoming if you have this truth. If you have this truth, there's certain things that you can be asked. Hast thou received the Holy Ghost since you believe? I hadn't heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Apostle Paul, a little checklist in the mind. Okay, we don't have we don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. So we're, we're not saved. No, we're not. And because uh, without the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. And so then, um, unto what then were you baptized? John. John the baptizer baptized me. Well, you know, that's really great. John was a burning and a shining light. And among women, there was no greater prophet than John the baptizer. Said, uh, but you know what? You must have been sick that day or on the telephone gossiping or would that be on Facebook? And you didn't make that service. You didn't make that Bible study. When John said you should believe on him, that is Christ Jesus, which is coming after him, whose shoe latchet he's not worthy to stoop down and unloose. The one that said, John, I'm here to be baptized with you. And John said, no, I need you to baptize me. And Jesus said, shut up. The whole bunch of people standing right here looking at us, and I have to be an example to them. Now, you baptize me because, you know, he was his cousin. You know that, right, according to the flesh. And uh, so uh, John said, got that one loud and clear. Come on over here. Jesus stepped down into the water and John fully immersed him, and when he came up, straightway the heavens were opened over him. And John had it in the back of his mind. He said, you know what? If my cousin is really the one, he said, I'm, I was promised a sign. And all of a sudden, there it was. The heavens opened, and he saw a vision of the Spirit of the Lord lighting down upon that flesh of the man Christ Jesus. And he was much like Simeon. He said, now, Lord, I can depart in peace because I know he's the Christ. I know he's the one. This is not a counterfeit. This is not a fake. This is not a phony. This is not an also-ran. This is not family tradition. This is not people just having their human spirit way. This is absolutely it. This is that that God spoke about, His Spirit foretold about, that many, many prophets down through the millenniums foretold about. This, the fullness of time has come. This is Him. This is the one that's going to save me. This is the one that's going to deliver me. It's the one that's going to keep me in all my ways. Well, here comes a day. Here comes a day when uh, they come and they had a party. The king had a party. And when the king had the party, he, uh, he had some, uh, don't you just love it when these people talk about praise dancing? More like shake your booty dancing. And got a thing in the world to do with praising God. The Bible does not teach it. And there are people that want to do all kinds of uh, dances that uh, the world teaches. And they want to bring that into a religious experience that they have. And I said religion, not salvation. They want to bring it into their own private interpretation of things. And they want to call that Worshiping the Lord with a dance. The worshiping that the Bible teaches about the Lord with a dance has nothing to do with human instructions, has nothing to do with flesh, has nothing to do with promiscuousness, has nothing to do with writhing around like a snake on two legs 
has nothing to do with that. Just like they want to try somehow to imitate speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, but they don't care about the Spirit or they don't care what kind of Spirit it is. That's what we told people sometimes, yeah, you got a Spirit, but it ain't a Holy Spirit. Therein lies the problem. This is not a natural situation. This is not a natural church that Jesus started. This is the body of Christ and it is run by the Spirit of the living God and it is not prompted by humanness and human teachings. Jesus made very vivid point about that when he said you teach for commandments the doctrine of men you try to do it according to men's idea but you set aside my commandment Jesus said you set aside all the things that I'm trying to give you and you go ahead and take what they give to you and that's why he's taught that you're going to wind up lost you're not keeping the word of God you're not keeping the teaching of God you're not letting me give to you what I'm freely trying to give to you trying to give to you the truth you've got to get in the spirit you know it's like some guy was fighting the truth and he he said alright if, if, if you speak in tongues he said then talk in tongues for me and so the man looked at him and said well the Bible also said that we dream dreams he said suppose you dream me a dream that's just how silly people get so natural that's what they, the enemy said to Jesus. If you be who you are, say you are, and cast yourself down. Because it's written. And then he did proceed to quote the scripture correctly. And Jesus handled him real good. He said, well, you know, see, we've got this thing about subject matter. We've got this thing about properly balancing the scriptures. One scripture does not contradict another scripture. And so Jesus said, hey, it's written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So we're not going to lay down in the middle of the road and count the traffic or we're not going to handle a snake, a rattlesnake or a copperhead and, and say, if I've got God, uh, he, he won't bite me and I won't fall down dead or the cars won't run me over because i got God. You're going to be flatter than a penny on a railroad track. After that big hundred car train just went by, loaded down with sugar cane. As this country boy said, you're going to be flatter than a flitter. Don't you wish you was old enough to know what that means? And, uh, and, uh, and you're going to be shot full of poison. And you're not going to have protection. Because if you seek to tempt the Lord, you don't tempt God. Jesus made that crystal clear. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I ain't jumping off of no cliff, pal. Not for you, not for anybody. That's not how it's done. There are, I'm telling you, the enemy will steal it from you any way he can. He will try to convince you that you can just go do anything you want, any way you want, and all you got to do is say, God, I'm sorry. You know? It's like we, we, talk, we try not to call names, so we just say certain denominations, but there are many of them that they uh, tell you six days a week you live like the devil. But now you'd be real good on Sunday. You go to church on Sunday. Now Monday I'll meet you down at the poker table. Hmm? Know a little bit about that, don't we? We have a place that we eat at sometimes and the table right next to us, all those guys sit around, all those church men sit around and they play poker every day. And the real thing that is hilarious about it, when they get ready to start the game, they all sit around and lift up their hands. Now, you see, that means something completely different to us. But all they're trying to show is I ain't got any cards hidden anywhere or any, anything else, that I'm, any hideouts, you know. And uh, I'm trying to tell you there are people that will sin, and they'll sin six days a week. They'll do all kinds of junk, but they want to go to a church house and make sure that everything's okay on Sunday. I met a guy one time from that table of the poker table and I met him on a, on a Sunday and uh, the place happened to be open that Sunday and he came in while I was there with my wife eating and um, I said, hey, I said, where's all your buddies? He goes, not on Sunday. It's just how he answered me. And I'm like, what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What about all those days? 
how twisted up the mind can become. How the enemy would like to steal out of your heart like a buzzard from hell swooping down like an F-16 and just come right in there and take it out of your heart. Take that good teaching. Take that good word of God and start rationalizing and making excuses. Everybody said amen. You better be glad we got a clock back there because I just happened to notice it. And, uh, you know, somebody up here, they won't say it now, but somebody told me one time they wanted me to preach one, one like I, my record is seven hours. But I'm not going to do that to you tonight. I'm afraid it'll happen like it did in the Bible. The guy fell out of the window when Paul was long preaching. And, uh, and everybody said, praise the Lord. You, uh, you want to keep the keeper. If you want to be kept, you know, there is a good connotation to being a kept man or a kept woman if you're talking spiritual. If you're talking about God keeping you, if you're talking about his angels giving charge to keep you in all thy ways, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You want to be kept by the Lord. You want to buy the truth and sell it not. You want to keep it. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. Don't ever give that up, though. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said thank you, Jesus. God is a great God. Let's stand together. Keep the keeper. Jesus is a keeper. Somebody told my wife one time, they looked at me and they said, they looked back at my wife and they said, he's a keeper. Well, I felt pretty good about that. But you know what? The Lord is our keeper and I feel really good about that. He's a keeper. The Lord is a keeper. He will guard you. He will protect you. He will help you in every situation. All you need to do is trust in him. Trust in Him, though, with all your heart. Don't you hold back. Don't you hold back and say, well, I would, but. I told you a long time ago when my pastor got all cranked up preaching. And he said, yeah, you do this, but. You do that, but. You do the other, but. He said, what you need to do is get your butt out of the way. And that was only one T in that spelling. And he was talking about your excuse. Get your excuse out of the way. Get the exception out of the way. Ain't no exceptions. You must. Be born again of water and of the Spirit. Or you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. And there's no reason for you not to be baptized in Jesus' name. There's no good reason for you not to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anything between you and getting the Holy Ghost is not a good reason. I give it up, God. I walk away from it, God. I don't want to go away sorrowful. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. In the final analysis, when the nations of the world, when the kings and the princes and the rich of this world, when they finally look on the Antichrist, broken without hand and defeated, they're going to look on him, the Bible said, narrowly. They're going to squint. They're going to look at him. And they're going to say, this is what we gave it all up for? This? This? That's what it's going to be like. And I'm telling you what, one preacher said one time, he said he had a dream. And he said he, he saw people in hell. And they were going around lifting up heads and looking and throwing it back down, lifting somebody up and throwing them back down. And in the dream, it was conveyed that they're looking for the preacher that lied to them. They're looking for the one that told them the lie. And look where they're at. Look where they've wound up. And now they can't get out. No, no way to get from where you're at to where Jesus is at now. It's all over. You let him steal it from you. You know, there's, uh, in Lake Placid, and, uh, we're digging out a new work, and you, you knock a lot of doors, and you talk to a lot of people. And then there was the woman that got to come, they brought her to church, and she had about five kids, and, 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 getting, and the kids were getting excited and trying to help them and work with them. And all of a sudden, the mom didn't show up, and then kids would hit and miss. And, and uh, so Pastor Hopper out there going back and trying to find out what's wrong, and she said, well, I, I'm, I'm going to this other church. Oh, you are? Okay. And what's the name of that? And she gave the name and said, yeah, who's the pastor? He said, oh, he's right here. He, he, I live with him now. You're living with the pastor. Yeah, I'm living with the pastor. Kind of like the woman at the well. Jesus said, go get your husband. 
She said, I don't have a husband. He said, boy, you said that right because you've had five. And the one you got is not yours. What people will do in the name of religion. What people will tolerate and overlook in the name of religion. There's such a thing as a religious devil. You don't want an unholy spirit. Remember that woman in the Bible came around, these be the servants of the Most High God. They showed to us the way of salvation. And Paul said, I rebuke you. you know, now we got people around if you did that. <gasps> How could he be so mean to her? How could you be so deaf, dumb, and blind, so undiscerning, so full of sympathy, and not an ounce of compassion about the situation? We're never against the person. We're against the spirit that has possessed the person. Just like we're not against the person that has cancer. We want to separate the cancer from the person. We want to separate the evil spirit from the person. Wake up. Get your eyes open. Realize that the keeper wants to give you something and he wants you to value it enough that you will keep it. He wants you to keep that which gets committed to your trust. You don't let go of this for anybody. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. You ask God and pray, God, you've given me a chance here. You've opened my eyes and the understanding of my eyes. You've enlightened me below me. Billions of people out there lost and undone. And you, dear God, you have sent me the truth. You have given to me the knowledge of what's right in your eyes. And I pray, dear God, tonight that you'll help each and every one of us to keep what you've given to us. There is no girl, there is no boy, there is no man, there is no woman. There is no job, there is no amount of money that's worth losing what I need to keep. And if I'll keep what he's given to me, he will keep me from every temptation, every trial. Nothing by any means will harm me. I love you, Jesus, and I praise and worship you, holy God. Come on now, right where you're at. Just lift your heart with your hands. If you need the Holy Ghost, just invite and ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost right where you're at. Need healing right where you're at. Pray, God, give me a healing. I need help. I need you to heal my heart. Heal me spiritually. Then heal me physically. Most important thing is to get my sins forgiven. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Come on now. Instead of walking away from Jesus, you might want to walk away from all them things you value so much that are nothing but junk. Turn your back on the junk and head for the treasure, the true riches, the spiritual things, the godly things, the truth. Come on now. Come on now. Thanking you, Lord. Lord, with my whole heart, I'm going give him your whole heart. You. Don't just give a part. With my whole We're looking life, for good ground. I live Want that certified seed to find honest. 